Attention residents of the high desert, did you know that a Comic-Con style event is coming to the San Bernardino Fairgrounds on February 8, 2020? Other than being a host to celebrity signings, giveaways, and a cosplay contest, we want to open the doors to the local community of businesses and give you an opportunity to sell your wares. If you want to be part of the Jay Zoman's Pop Culture Expo, contact Dave at 760-553-6906 or email him at pce at jayzoman.com. That's pce at j-a-y-z-o-m-o-n.com. Or visit us online at www.jayzoman'spopcultureexpo.com. Hey, this is Don Smith from the Life Radio Show. If you've always wanted to learn more about the world of low-budget filmmaking and even lower-budget comedy, tune into the Life Radio Show. You can live stream the show at www.su1069.org on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Or find us wherever you find podcasts and like and follow the Life Radio Show on Facebook for live video and other shenanigans. Now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 61 of the World of Mythbits, and I am your host, Stephanie Barty, and this is the last podcast, I think. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> Let's check that. Okay, this is the second last <laughs> podcast of 2019. This is the last podcast before Christmas. Now, I know we have a wide range of um, spiritual beliefs within our um, world of myth community. So I would like to take this opportunity to say Happy Hanukkah, Blessed Yule, Merry Solstice, Merry Christmas, and all of that to all of my listeners. Um, yeah, so... I being one of those different paths, I just celebrated Yule. Now, I do celebrate Christmas as well, um, but I just we just celebrated Yule, and um, Yule is, it, it, it falls on the winter solstice, on the first day, first day of winter, if, if that makes it a little easier. Um, which is traditionally December 21st. Oh, excuse me. Now, um, I pulled up some information because, oh, excuse me. I have been making, um, Christmas bags all day. So my brain is a test pattern at the moment. Um, <laughs> and Dave's going to have a lot of ums to edit out of this episode. I'm sure so, yeah, I've been making Christmas bags. My siblings and I, um, if you saw the Facebook post earlier today, we got together for my nephew's birthday in November and 
we had a chat about how, um, not just me personally, but my, my sister and my brother, uh, are very environmentally friendly people. And we are very, um, earth oriented people and self-sustaining people. And yet every year we buy this really pretty paper and we wrap gifts up in this really pretty paper and the paper gets ripped off the package within seconds and then thrown in the garbage because most wrapping paper that you buy and in most communities, it is not recyclable. So it ends up in the garbage, which then ends up in the landfill. And because it's colored paper and printed paper, it's, you can't burn it. So, yeah, not very environmentally friendly. I mean, here you are wrapping up an environmentally friendly gift in paper that's not environmentally friendly. So kind of ironic. So we took a vote this year and we all unanimously agreed that we were going to use up whatever wrapping paper we had left over and then start using um, pretty boxes that, you know, we can pass on every year and um, gift bags that can be reused every year and brown paper wrapping the Christmas gifts in brown paper because that can be recycled. And unfortunately, my mom was not happy with this vote. She was not involved in the vote and was informed of this decision after it happened because we knew what she would say. She likes the pretty paper. She likes how it looks under the tree. And, you know, she's old school. But she was overruled and she conceded to her children because she realized, and, you know, we did point out to her that she raised us this way. So she brought us up to be conscientious, responsible, active caring adults so this is the decision that we made within the realm of our upbringing and she's just going to have to suck it up and deal with it <laughs> and she did you know she she's she's gone with it she was very happy that, that she because she lives with my sister and they had a whole bunch of wrapping paper left over from last year that they they um, could use up this year and then next year they'll um, transition to the brown paper now, I usually only buy enough each year to wrap what I have, and I don't usually have much left. And I'm cheap. So I, because I mean, the wrapping paper is only going to look pretty underneath my tree. And then as soon as the gift is given, the wrapping paper is torn off. And I mean, nobody looks at the wrapping paper. And we don't buy for adults in our family. Like, I don't buy for my siblings. Um, I buy for my mom. We all buy for mom. Kind of have to buy for mom. But, um, and even that this year, I'm making her gift. But we just buy for the kids because as we get old, as we got older and we started having children, the nieces and nephews and, and then now grandchildren for me grew. <laughs> So your your shopping list becomes absolutely ridiculous. Like the year before we decided that we, again, took a vote and that we weren't going to buy for each other. We did Secret Santa um, 
for a couple of years and we decided we just weren't going to buy for the adults anymore. Um, I think at one point in time, I had almost 30 people on my Christmas list to buy for. And it, it was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I had to start shopping in July to make sure that I could afford to buy at least one gift for each person on my list. Now, this year, you know, finances are tight because I'm full-time writing, so I'm not bringing in that weekly paycheck. So everybody, everybody that is on my list gets a gift, but they're only getting one. But it's a good gift, and it's not, you know, a dollar store gift. You know, we got them a good gift, not a cheap gift, but they're only getting one gift. So anyway, back to Christmas bags. So I didn't have any wrapping paper and, um, I just, I have a fabric closet. It's actually a wardrobe. I call it a closet. It's a wardrobe and it is full of fabric and I have fabric in my laundry room and I have fabric upstairs in my craft room. I have more, I could open a fabric store. I have so much fabric. So I thought I'm going to make reusable fabric gift bags that I can put the gift in. And it, we have a tradition in our family that uh, my mom and my aunt started it years and years and years ago. And my grandma, I mean, this goes back to before I was a sister, when I was like little, little. And uh, they would make these beautiful, elaborate bows to go on the gifts. And I mean, they would have like holly sprigs and bells and ribbon and really fancy bows and you we'd save the bows and whoever got that gift with the really pretty bow they got to save that bow and then they got to use that bow on a gift to give to somebody the next year and but they had to stay within the family like you couldn't give it to a friend bows had to stay within the family and I mean there are bows still in circulation within our family that were made 20 years ago um, and once you know when you can't glue them back together anymore or wire them back together, then they get thrown out. But I mean, they're used for 20 years. So, um, that was the premise behind the brown paper is you make a really pretty bow and then you can, because we save the bows and you pass the bows on each year. So I decided I was going to make, I went through my fabric and I found out that I have an abundance of Christmas fabric. <laughs> For adults, for kids, for pets. It's incredible. So I decided, okay, I'm going to make Christmas bags. Reusable Christmas bags. And then I'll make a really nice bow to tie it up with. And um, now the thing with the bag is they can either keep the bag themselves and reuse it for a gift for somebody next year or give me back the bag and I will fill that bag up again next year and give it back. And each person has their own bag. So this is your bag. This is the space I have to fill. There you go. You know what you get. It's all in one bag. Um, so I made six of them so far today. I have two more to make. Um, yeah, see, my list has gone down a lot from 30. <laughs> and so I have two, five more to make. Um, 
I have two more to make by Boxing Day. No, I have one to make by Christmas Eve and then one to make for Boxing Day. Well, one's it? anyway, I have two, two to make tomorrow. <laughs> but it took me three hours of fighting with my sewing machine to, before I could even begin to sew. I haven't used my sewing machine in probably a couple of years. Two years ago, Christmas was when I used my sewing machine. I used to sew all the time and I made jammy pants for my nephews and my brother one year for Christmas. And I made my mom um, a beach cover up. And I used to make cloaks and sell them at festivals. Um, and I made, you know, the long robes. Um, yeah, I used to make a whole bunch of stuff. And I haven't used my sewing machine in a couple of years. And I think it was a little irritated with me that I had neglected it. So it decided to give me issues. Now, this is a Singer sewing machine. And it's one of the ones that is in a table. So you flip the top pieces open and you lift the sewing machine up from inside. And then you can pop it back down and close it up. And it's a nice side table. So I get it all set up and uh, find out where I'm going to set up shop <laughs> so that, you know, I can still watch TV and, you know, we can still move through the living room. So I get it set up three hours and it keeps slipping off the... Um, threader and I just, it's driving me crazy and I couldn't figure it out. So I ended up taking it apart. I took the side cover off so I could see why the thread was coming off the, oh, I can't think of the name. So the thing goes up and down. Um, why the thread kept popping off there. And that, okay, you know, my last resort, I'm going to change the thread in the bobbin in the bottom because you have thread in the bottom and thread through the top, through the needle. And then the two meet and make your stitch. So I re-thread the bobbin. So I take all the thread off the bobbin and put all brand new thread on it, put it back in, close that up, get, put everything back on. And I've left the side cover off so the light is really, really bright. And I sew a little bit and say, hey, that seems to be working. Sew a little bit more. Awesome, it's working. So I sewed like that for like two hours with the cover off, with this light glaring in my face. I finally got brave enough because I thought, you know, I'm not going to touch anything. I'm not going to mess with my tension. I'm not going to mess with anything because it's working. But eventually I had to put the side cover back on because the light, I kept hitting it with my hand and it's very hot um, and very bright. So I had to put the side cover back on to shield that light from my eyeballs. And yeah, so it didn't take me long to sew the six of them up, you know, cut them out, sew, sew them up. Um, the first two were great. Went, once I got sewing, got them sewed together, bing, bang, boom, they're done. And then the second one, I hold it up and I look and I went, oh, well, this is see-through. This is not going to do because you put something inside the bag. If the bag, if the fabric is see-through, they're going to be able to see what it is. So, all right, I have to line the bags. So 
I know I have to sew the bags inside out so that all of the seams and ends are on the inside of the bag and the outside is a nice crisp edge. So I'm not really paying much attention and I lay my lining down and I lay my fabric down and I sew it all together and then I realize I have sewn the outside of the bag wrong side in. Oh, crap. Okay. Rip a side out, flip it inside out, sew it back up, and then fold the bag together and sew the bag together. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And I think out of the six that I did, only two did not have to be lined. And that was the first two. The two that sucked me in thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. This went together really quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've done six. And I'm very proud of them. I'm very happy with the way they turned out. I like the way they look. But yeah, I started telling you about Yule and somehow went into this. So I celebrate Yule and Christmas. And Yule for for us is more about the winter solstice and the returning of the light. Now, a lot of people that are earth-based spirituality you will see us get excited on the first day of winter. And everybody's going, why are you excited on the first day of winter? It's the first day of winter. And most people get excited on the first day of summer. And we're all like, oh. The reason why we get excited for the first day of winter is because it's returning of the light. The days are going to start from now on. The days will be progressively longer. And we're getting closer and closer to spring. The first day of summer signals the days getting shorter. See why we're happy about the first day of winter? So, Yule. Officially, the first day of winter, the winter solstice, occurs when the North Pole is tilted at 23.5 degrees away from the sun. This is the longest night of the year. And let me tell you, if you have ever kept vigil through the longest night, you will agree. It is long. I've done it a few years. Um, this year I tried. I was up until I think I managed to make it to about 4, 4.30 in the morning. And I just, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. I had to go to sleep. Um, but... I think the most memorable one was about 15 years ago. We all went, a whole group of us went to a, a friend's place and we had food and um, we played our drums. We sang, we told stories, we talked. Some of us napped periodically throughout the night. And then um, as dawn began to break and you could tell the sun was starting to come up, we sang the sun up and it was just, it was an incredible experience. It is one I will never forget. And, um, there's a lovely quote that I want to read to you, um, from an author, T. Thorne Coyle. And it says that, um, solstices are a chance 
to still ourselves inside and behold the glory of the cosmos and take a breath with the sacred. In the Northern Hemisphere, friends gather to celebrate the longest night. We may light candles or dance around bonfires. We may share festival meals or sing or pray. Some of us tell stories and keep vigil as a way of making certain that the sun will rise again. Something in us needs to know that at the end of the longest night, there will be light. In connecting with the natural world in a way that honors the sacred amendment in all things, we establish a resonance with the seasons. Ritual helps to shift our consciousness to reflect the outer world inside our inner landscape. The sun stands still within us and time changes. After the longest night, we sing up the dawn. There is a rejoicing that, even in the darkest time, the sun is not vanquished. Sol Invictus, the unconquered sun, is seen once again, staining the horizon with the promise of hope and brilliance. And I just, I, I love that. That resonates with me so deeply. Um, now, the biggest solstice celebration that you will find, and probably the most famous, is, um, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, excuse me. Oh, stop laughing. I know there's a few of you out there laughing. I can guarantee you my husband is one of them. He calls them elf sneezes. So, um, one of the most famous celebrations of the winter solstice in the world today takes place in the ancient ruins of Stonehenge in England. England. Now, thousands of Druids and pagans and observers alike gather and they dance and they sing and they chant while waiting to see the spectacular sunrise and it comes up between certain stones. Until the 16th century, the winter months were a time of famine in northern Europe. Most cattle were slaughtered so that they wouldn't have to be fed during the winter, making the solstice a time when fresh meat was plentiful. Most celebrations of the winter solstice in Europe involved merriment and feasting. In pre-Christian Scandinavia, the Feast of Yule, or Yule, lasted for 12 days, celebrating the rebirth of the sun and giving rise to the custom of burning a Yule log. In ancient Rome, the winter solstice was celebrated at the Feast of Saturnalia to honor Saturn, the god of agricultural, agricultural bounty, Lasting about a week, Saturnalia, Saturnalia was characterized by feasting, debauchery, and gift-giving. With Emperor Constantine's conversion to Christianity, many of these customs were later absorbed into the Christmas celebrations. So, that's what I just celebrated. Yule. And it started on the 21st, and I think... It runs to, I could be wrong, but I think it runs to January 2nd. Oh, it technically starts December 22nd and runs to January 2nd. So, blessed you all. <laughs> In case you were wondering. So, ah, it's almost the end of the year. Can you believe that? And I'm going to do a little reflecting in this one, not the kind of reflecting that I did in last, um, the last podcast. That was more personal. 
this is more of a magazine and where we are, where we've come, what we've done this year. Um, it, it has been an incredible year for not just the world of myth and the world of myth bits, but for Jay's Oman Network as a whole. We have seen a lot of amazing things happen this past year. Now, one year ago, this month in December, um, in 2018, still a year ago, the magazine changed to editors. We did not have an editor per se for December. So Dave, being the owner, did the editing for December. I took over in January. Mike's last month was November. Dave did December and I took over in January. So you've been stuck with me since January. You've almost had me for an entire year. And my contract actually was up this month. Um, and I have renewed. I'm staying. Sorry guys. I'm staying. You're stuck with me. <laughs> so, um, before I get too far into this, um, I have some housekeeping to do. PCE is coming. I'm getting so excited. February 8th in Victorville, California. It's going to be a blast. And just so you know, um, Jason is now on Instagram. So you can find, let me see if I can do this without messing up the podcast. Um, so I can give you the Jaysomon. It is, I don't know, I can't find it. Um, they just started following, there it is. Jaysomon Pop Culture Expo. So if you go to Instagram, you can follow them on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. And it was requested that they get an Instagram page popular request. So Jason Mom Pop Culture Expo now has an Instagram page. So you can go over there and you can look at all of the featured guests that are going to be there, things that are coming up, uh, stuff like that. Um, early bird tickets are on sale. If you are in the Victorville area, early bird tickets are on sale at comic cult HD, comic cult HD, line breakers, geekdom toys, and cricket wireless who will have a table or online at the website. And the website is, uh, I really should come to this prepared, but you know, it's me. Okay. So Jayzomon Pop Culture Expo.com. That's J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N-S-P-O-P-C-U-L-T-U-R-E-E-X-P-O.com. Okay. So, that's that bit of housekeeping. And, also, we would like to welcome Mr. Michael Moore, who will be joining our podcast syndication um, 
next week. And Melissa's book, the winner of our open contract challenge, her book will be ready by the end of January. And yeah. Also, due to PCE, the World of Myth Anthology 4, I believe it is, has been put on hold. And the 2019, or sorry, 2020 calendars, I'm hoping that's 2020, will be, will only be available to people within the magazine. So if you're a contributor, you can get a calendar. If you're not, you can't. Sorry. Um, oh, okay. So that's it for housekeeping. Okay. So the things that have gone on this year, um, I think I started the year with a co-host podcast started with two people and we are ending the year with one just me just me we have seen the addition of podcasts like dispatches from shed quarters and which is hosted by my old co-host mike lutz and our movie reviewer for the magazine, Jason Bayshard. I mean, those two together are hilarious. I love their podcast. I really do. I thoroughly enjoy listening to the two of them. I will tell you it is not family friendly. Um, and you might want to listen to it with headphones. Don't listen to it out in public without headphones. But yeah, those two crack me up. I look forward to their podcast each and every week. Um, they play well off of each other. They really do. And I mean, they have a voice for podcasting. They really do. Like Jason has a radio voice. It's great. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Um, we've seen the inauguration of our syndicated podcasts. And that list is just and uh, keeps growing. It just grows and grows and grows. And we're getting so many syndicated ones now that it's starting to rival our exclusive podcasts. Um, like we've got Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast, Delivery Bros, The Movie Madhouse, Too Opinionated, The Days of Comics Past, In a City Like Yours, and we'll be adding Michael Moore to the syndicated list. So, yeah, our podcasting is is getting top notch, I must say. <laughs> we have this year we have seen the first open contract challenge which was so exciting to watch happen and to see all of the submissions and see them you know, whittled down week by week and, um, until we came to our grand prize winner, Melissa Ridley Elms. And it was just, it was so incredible to be part of. Um, and I mean, Jeff Young won second place, Walter G. Esselman won third place, and you can see all three of their stuff. Um, Jeff and Walter on a regular basis 
at theworldofmyth.com in our magazine. And it's just, it's great. It's great. The open contract challenge was, in my opinion, an excess, a success. Wow. Told you I was tired. Holy moly. (laughs) And I can't wait to see how next year's is going to, going to, um, pan out. So yeah, I was, that was, it was really a lot of fun. I enjoyed being part of it and, um, reading the bits and pieces that I got to read in, in my section of the judging. Um, and it was all blind judging. Like I didn't know who wrote what. And the judges changed with every stage so that there was nobody that, you know, had a favorite all the way through. It was solely judged on what was required for that particular phase of the competition. Um, and some, some people were eliminated for the simple fact that they didn't submit what was required. So it was, it was really good. It was really good. Learning curve, let me tell you. I bet it was a big learning curve. But, uh, yeah. So we got to see the open contract challenge. And we have seen a plethora of new talent come into the World of Myth magazine. It's been uh, almost every single month we are getting at least one to two new contributors to the magazine. And it's amazing. Um, I'm just blown away by the amount of new writers and the return of our regular writers that contribute each month. Um, and some of our, our writers are now contributing series that, you know, you read on a monthly basis. And it's just, I think there has been an evolution in the magazine since the beginning of the year to now. Um, there's definitely been an increase in stories in the amount of stories that we are publishing every month. And the submissions have gone up like tenfold. Um, we did see this year, the very first time ever in the history of the magazine where submissions actually had to be closed because we had more than enough. We had more than we needed. And I did actually have some submissions that I pushed to the next month because there just was too much for, um, the magazine and, you know, we had to close submissions because we were getting down to it. And it, whoa, okay, no. <laughs> um, we have seen new staff members join the magazine. Um, we have Jeff Young as our video game reviewer, and he's been doing a wonderful job. We also have uh, Michael Arnold, who is now doing our art review and our book review and submitting stories and submitting poetry. This man is a machine. 
I tell you, I told him he was a rock star the other day. I told him that, dude, you are a rock star. Um, yeah, so there's been some changes throughout the year within the magazine. Um, and it's, they've all been good changes, I think, personally. And you can see, um, We've had sponsors, we've had book launches, um, yeah, it's, it's been quite a year, and now, not everybody has had a great year, I mean, there's been ups and downs, there's, there's been heartaches, there's been heartbreaks, um, there's been a lot of bumps in the road this year, but here we are, December 23rd, and we're still going, we're still trucking, we're still rocking, we're still putting out the best possible magazine we can, and I mean, in all reality, we couldn't do it without you guys, without our contributors. You know, we could put out this wonderful looking webpage. There wouldn't be anything on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I can't, I can't thank our contributors enough for the hard work and the dedication that they, you guys put in, in submitting. Um, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And as you all know, next week will be magazine review. And that will be the last podcast for 2019. So we're kind of, we're ending on, um, we're ending the year on, I think, a fitting note. Because the world of Mythbits was spawned from the need to have a podcast to talk about the magazine. And we were supposed to, you know, announce members of the month and, and, um, things like that and do interviews. And the format of the show rapidly changed. <laughs> um, so I find it kind of fitting that the last podcast of 2019 is going to be the magazine review edition. So if you're sitting around on the 29th and you've got nothing better to do and you still got, you know, turkey belly and <laughs> not ready to face those New Year's resolutions because it's not quite New Year's yet, have a listen because I'm going to be going through everything that's in the magazine. And it's not a small magazine this month. So, might take me a bit. It's not as big as it was for Halloween or for our anniversary. But it's close. <laughs> it's close. That's something else we saw this year was the 15th anniversary of the World of Myth magazine. And that was huge. I mean, 
it's it's not often that you, that you see a publication that has been around that long online. I mean, publications come and go, um, magazines come and go, especially free magazines, because, I mean, the people that are, are putting out these free magazines, they get disillusioned after a while. And, you know, you're not getting paid to do the job you're doing. You're having, I mean, if you own the magazine and you're hosting the site, you're paying for all of that. You're paying for the site. You're paying for the domain. You're paying for whatever you're using, like whatever program you're using, you're paying for all of that. So after a while, you know, of doing that on a free magazine, they tend to fade away and get replaced by something else. So to be around for 15 years, that's a big deal to celebrate an anniversary. I mean, yes, I know the world of myth went away for a while, but it came back. Here we are stronger than ever. Um, still fighting the good fight. <laughs> so yeah, we celebrated our 15th anniversary of the world of myth magazine. So that was very, very cool. And let's see. We saw the, I was, I was privy to it from the very beginning when it was just a, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if idea to now this is happening People are booked, tables are sold, building is paid for and reserved. It's going to take place. And that is PCE, Jason's Pop Culture Expo. And I think that is the biggest thing that Jason as a whole has seen come out of 2019 is this expo. And now it's not happening until 2020, but all of the planning, all of the preparation, all of the ideas, the concepts, um, what should we call it? Conversations happened in 2019. And I think... Um, yeah, that is, is the biggest thing to come out of 2019, in my opinion, for, um, Jason and for the world of myth and, and for Dave. <laughs> because he has basically pulled this pop culture expo together single handedly. I mean, I, I've given moral support and encouragement and, you know, you, you can do this, dude. Keep going. You can do it. You got it. But uh, he has has pulled this entire expo. He has has got the venue, and he booked all the stars that are going to be there, and planned the itinerary and the wrestling events, and um, has made arrangements to get everything that is needed 
for the Pop Culture Expo and has printed up all the flyers and the tickets and gone pretty much door to door and booked vendors and just, he has done it all himself, single-handedly pulled this um, Pop Culture Expo together himself. And, well, we still have to work on the Hall of Fame dinner. <laughs> now, I'm going to be there a week ahead of time to help get the venue organized, get things set up, get the area decorated and things set up for the Hall of Fame dinner. Um, but everything will be in place by the time I get there. I'm just going to make it pretty. <laughs> and, you know, follow his very detailed, very laid out map. Um, and set up tables where they're supposed to be set up and, you know, get everything all ready so that the vendors and, and everybody can just come in and this is your spot. Look for your your booth number, your whatever, your name on the table, whatever. And there you go. That's your spot. You're over there. You're over there. You're over there. You're over there. Direct traffic. Yeah. Um, so by the time I get there, everything will be already in place and it'll just be the final preparations for the event, you know, making sure we have banners or whatever, stamps for the door, all of that. So, but everything else will be in place. And Dave will have done that all by himself. So kudos to you, Dave. It's not easy. I mean, I, I know people that have pulled together lesser events and required a ton more people to do it. So it has been, it has been a year. Um, it has been a good year for the magazine. It has been a good year for the Jaysomon Network. Uh, we've had our ups and downs. We've had our bumps and our bruises. But, I mean, who hasn't? 2019 has not been kind to a lot of people. Um, people I'm close to. But... As we say goodbye to 2019, I saw something on Facebook that um, made me pause and, and resonated with me, and I, I want to share that. It was, may the tears that you cried in 2019 water the seeds that you plant in 2020. So, everything that we have laid the groundwork for in 2019, all of the heartache, all of the heartbreak, all of the tears that we cried, the frustrations that we faced have brought us to this moment. And as we step into 2020, it's going to be our best year yet. Now I say that with trepidation. <laughs> I say that with confidence, and I say that with uncertainty, 
Yes, I say it with confidence and uncertainty. And I say it with hope. Because we just want to get better. We just want to get to be the best we can be. And that means continuing to learn and to grow and to open to new experiences and plan new things and, and all of that. So I'm sure 2020 is going to be packed with some amazing things. Um, I don't know of anything yet, so don't think I'm holding out on you. But if 2019 is any indication, I mean, we had the open contract challenge. We had PCE. We're going to have a wrestling event. Um, oh, excuse me. We celebrated 15 years. Um, there was a changing of the guard in some of the staff positions. Um, and some of our, our old staff members will be going forward with us into 2020 as well. And it's been... It's been a roller coaster ride of a year. It's been an amazing year to watch the magazine grow and see the stories and the artwork and the poetry that has come in. And um, writers have come, writers have gone to see our regular writers stay with us and all of the new writers that come in. Um, I still get that rush that I got a year ago with that very first email that I sent out saying, you know, I'm pleased to inform you that your piece will be in our whatever month it was issue. And it was such a thrill for me, such a joy for me to read this great piece or to see this incredible piece of art and go, yes, I can make the decision that's going in the magazine. And there have been times when um, Dave and I have, have not really butted heads, but he's kind of given me a, are you sure? Uh, yes. Put it in the magazine. Okie dokie. Which is his standard response. Okie dokie. <laughs> Which always tells me he wants to argue with me. But I am the editor-in-chief, even though he does have final say. He's going to defer to my decision. And if it all blows up, it's my fault. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> um, never actually butted heads over much this year. Not really. We've disagreed on a couple of things, but then I can kind of see his side or he can kind of see my point and, oh, well, all right, okay, that, all right, we'll do that. Um, it's been a great year. I have had a blast being the editor and now the editor-in-chief and now the executive director of publishing brand, publishing's brands. <laughs> I'm going to need a really big name tag. Just saying. Um, 
And, and I know next year is going to be just as good, if not better. I'm looking forward to PCE and seeing all of, of Dave's hard work and dedication come to fruition and see it all play out. Um, and it's going to be so much fun and meeting all of the stars that are going to be there. I get to interview, um, Carl Gottlieb, who is the screenwriter for Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know my fear of sharks and that movie in particular is the reason why I have a fear of sharks. So that might not make it into the podcast when I'm, you know, regaling him with the wonderful stories of the, you know, waking up in the middle of the night when I was a child and thinking that my, underneath my bed had turned to water and Jaws was circling around underneath my bed waiting to eat me. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get a kick out of that. That movie has traumatized me for 42 years. It's a long time to be traumatized by a movie. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's, been a good year. I want to thank each and every single one of you who listens to my podcast and who contributes to the magazine because like I said before, without you guys, we there would be no reason for us to do this. We wouldn't have anything to put out. I would have nothing to talk about. Well, pretty sure I could find something to talk about, but it wouldn't be anything interesting. Um <laughs> so thank you everybody for sticking with us and coming back each and every month and um yeah so i will talk to you all next week for magazine review don't forget to check out our website at www.theworldofmyth.com and you can find us on facebook at the world of myth magazine or the world of myth bits podcast you can find us on Twitter at the World of Myth Magazine or the World of Myth Bits Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Stephanie Barty Author. You can find PCE on Instagram at Jazomon Pop Culture Expo. You can find me on Facebook at Author Stephanie Barty. And I think I have plugged. Oh, you can email me at Stephanie Barty at the world of myth.com. You can shoot us a message on our page, the world of myth magazine or the world of myth bits. And I won't talk to you again till after Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and have a good week, everybody. Enjoy your families, and if you're celebrating alone, enjoy the peace and quiet. Go out. Um, for those local to me, Domino's, our local pizza place, is giving out free cheese or free pepperoni, medium-sized pepperoni pizzas on Saturday. This is not a plug, but I know a lot of people struggle this time of year. Um, 
So if you need a meal, no questions asked, go on up to Domino's, get a pizza. So, yep. All right. I am out of here. I will talk to you guys all next week. Have a happy holiday and don't eat too much. All right. See ya.